Hey everybody, welcome to ADD Masterminds. This time we actually have the three J's in action. We've got John and Jeff and Jason. Yep. Hello! Yep. <laughs> Alrighty. That uh, enthusiastic hello was Jason, and the more stoic hello was Jeff. Stoicism. S yes. Stoicism. So stoic. Man, this stoic. is weird without video. I can't see you guys. I'm just getting voices in my head right now. So, <laughs> As opposed to the regular voices in your head. Okay. Yeah, We're yeah. going to start things off with a bang. Okay. Yep. So one of the things that we've been doing at work is there's a local radio show uh -huh. that tells a corny joke of the day every morning. And so uh -huh. one of my coworkers comes in and drops these really horrible corny jokes. And the one, one from today was, what does a 747 say when it bounces on the runway? I'm almost know. afraid to ask. Boeing, 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 <laughs> Boeing. <laughs> that is gold. That is awesome. Hey, um, I traded a loaf of banana bread for a banjo yesterday. What? Yeah. I traded a loaf of banana bread for a banjo. Is my audio not loud enough? <laughs> no, no, I heard you. I just... <laughs> just not quite sure how to respond to that. <laughs> All right. So, so, so my buddy West, he po West, not West. My buddy West, he posts on, uh, on Facebook. He says, uh, I got this banjo here. Does anybody want it? So I message him. And I'm actually, I was out of town at the time, right? And so I'm like texting my wife and I'm like, can I? And she's like, well, ask him what he wants, right? So, so I, I, I message him and I'm like, hey, uh, can I pay you for it? Like, how much, how much do you want for it? And he's like, oh, free for you. And I'm like, so then my wife, you know, she's very wise about these things because I don't really know how to deal with people in general. <laughs> and uh, she says, okay, well, ask him if there's anything you can trade. And so he says... All right, I bet your wife makes a really good loaf of banana bread. So, yeah, we finally had the banana bread baked, and now I have a banjo. I just got to string it and learn how to play it. <laughs> but you have one. Yeah, I'm so stoked about that. Like, I think a lot of, a lot of guitar players would love to have a banjo. So, pretty cool. Uh, what is the weirdest <laughs> thing you've ever traded for something, Jeff? Oh, uh, mm, I got to think about that one because I'm not really sure, honestly. Uh, oh, dang. Um, I'm going to have to come back to that one because I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I know I have. I mean, I, I think I traded, I traded some French fries for a hat once. I guess that would be the weirdest thing. It's pretty good. But it was a nice hat. Very nice hat. Very Okay. <laughs> I once traded an old broken down cell phone for a compound bow. Oh, okay. Not that I ever used it. I, the guy wanted a cell phone and wanted to get rid of his bow. So I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like you didn't even want what you got, but it's like, okay, cool. I have a bow now. I guess you could like <laughs> mount it on your wall and like make up stuff about it. Right. Exactly. So I, I, I've read, I've been reading a lot. Like I read like 
bunch of books this summer, and I just finished uh, Jonathan Merritt's book, um, How to Speak God from Scratch. And um, I, something that struck me out of that book that I thought was really cool is, you know when we hear the word disillusionment, and we always look at disillusionment as this big letdown, and we're really sad because we were disillusioned. But Jonathan Merritt says something that I think like we should all know to begin with. Disillusionment is a good thing. You've lost the illusion, uh, right? Like, and so it's like you were living under an illusion, and now you're disillusioned. So the illusion is gone. Oh, you had false uh, ideas. And I'm like, whoa. Like, why, why do we not see it that way? Blew my mind. That is really fascinating. I never really looked at it that way before. That is pretty deep. Yeah. yeah, the, the well, whole book's uh, about words. I'm still on my words kick, where I'm like, words matter. I don't know if I'll words ever stop mean thinking things. that. Yeah, words mean things about stuff. <laughs> Whoa! I think I just blew my mind. <laughs> unless they're unless they're onomatopoeias, in which case they don't mean anything. They're just noises. Oh, you ruined my theory. I guess it's not as brilliant <laughs> as it sounded. I just like the word onomatopoeia. That's also a great character in the Batman comic books. Is it? Is that right? Is it he is. Like, kind of like yes. a sonic boom guy or something? What is his superpower? His superpowers is he literally whatever sound he makes, that's what happens. Like if he's shooting someone, he'll say bang, and then a bullet will fly out. So wow. what happens if he says like, oh, crap? <laughs> um, no! And it he has to go change his underpants. <laughs> oh man! Oh wow! Sorry, that's where my mind went. <laughs> that was that was great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was another interesting thing. Um, I was uh, listening to pa- a pastor with no answers. It's a podcast with uh, Joey Svensson. Which is a great title for a podcast because I'm like, I think a lot of pastors don't really have all the answers, so it's cool that he's admitting that. Um, but he had this guy, Alan Acquire, I think is his name, from Scattered Few. You ever heard of the band Scattered Few? No, not familiar mm, with them. No, not at all. But he, uh, they were like a um, maybe early 90s Christian punk band. And um, it turned out he was smoking marijuana, and uh, Christians got a notion of that. And um, people were, I guess, being very judgmental towards him. And he said something that I thought was really interesting. Um, He said, you know how they always say everyone's entitled to an opinion? He's like, that's garbage. Not everyone is entitled (laughs) to an opinion. And I'm like, okay, that's... Interesting, because I think, you know, when you think about it, like when everybody is told they're entitled to an opinion, how often have you heard someone who has an uneducated opinion that they are so strong on? And you're like, you know, I'd be cool with them not having an opinion. I'd be cool with them not having the right to have an opinion. Yeah, but who decides that? I believe that's my wife, because she usually tells me I don't have an opinion. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. 
Oh, I don't know. Mercy. Like, I do think that there are clearly people that shouldn't have an opinion on particular topics. Like, okay, what are your criteria, John? Um, yeah, I need a situation. Man, this is like doing the wax museum. This is the kind of question that Doug would ask me. And then I sweat <laughs> it and I look really stupid. Um, <laughs> let me think. Well, okay. <laughs> Let's go really dark, okay? A girl has been raped. And my opinion is that she should just get over it. I probably Ooh. shouldn't be entitled to that opinion. Because uh, uh, hmm. <laughs> that's a really crappy opinion. That's a stupid, uninformed opinion, and it's a harmful opinion. It's a harmful opinion, but it's your opinion, you know? Uh, yeah, I know a lot of people that think my opinion about God is kind of uninformed and stupid, but, you know, I, I believe it anyways. Hmm. Right. Interesting. Because, like, <laughs> <laughs> I know I know what you mean, though. It's hard to figure out the criteria for which you would yeah. say they don't have a right to an opinion. And, I mean, people will hold their opinions in their head. Like, to me... Having an opinion in your head, of course you have a right to that. I mean, how is anyone going to shut that down? But vocalizing the opinion, I think there's just a time where it's like, really, dude? Like, you're going to speak on this? You don't have a clue about any of this. And so, and I I think in the age of internet, it's like everybody has an equal platform to speak on. And there's a lot of people with terrible, uneducated opinions, and there's a lot of people listening to them and... I don't know how we solve it. We can't really shut those people down, can we? No, I've heard, I've argued with a lot of people that have voiced uninformed, uneducated opinion about things that I was actually present for. Yeah. People had opinions about Hurricane Katrina. I was there for that. People had opinions about um, shootings and uh, like they had that incident with the girl that got run over at a protest in Florida. Right. they were saying, oh, well, her, you know, her family is scum. I personally know her dad. Like, wow. he's not scum. Like, you know, and so I'm like, these, these people are talking about things that they don't, they don't know anything about. They've never experienced it. And so I just tell them, you have an opinion, but you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Because I was right. there, and it's not like that, you know. And I, I guess, like, maybe you're not entitled to an opinion is something you can't really say. But it's like your opinion is uninformed and there's no basis for it. It's a fallacy, right? right? That's because right. we're very much like a reactionary society. We don't really think about what we're saying or doing at Generally. all. I mean, yeah. like, like Jeff was just saying, you know, about his buddy's dad, you know, how people are saying that they're scum. One of my, uh, my best friend died Two years ago, him and his family all died at once. In wow. This, yeah, I mean, six of them gone all at once. And they died from carbon monoxide because of a generator that he had in his house. And right. the article in the paper, people were commenting, saying, oh, he must have killed his family. This is clearly murder-suicide. No. Yeah. He got misinformation online. You know, he mm-hmm. researched the generator and it said it was safe to use online, or safe to, safe to use inside, when clearly it wasn't. But 
you know, the thing is, people were just spouting off about things they don't know. And that was right. their opinion, yeah. you know, that, oh, he must have done this on purpose. And people yeah. just don't think. I mean, it greatly hurt the family. That's incredible. Like, just... Yeah. I, I And I mean, and I've seen it too. Like, I had a friend that was mauled by a bear. And, like, just people that are, like, talking about their opinion on whether the bear should be put down or not. And um, I guess it, it was a cub, and, like, there was a cub, and he got between the cub and the mother. And so they decided not to put him down, right? And I had the family, like, family of his staying at my house, and they were reading people's comments on it saying, like, well, I think they made the right decision. But, like, as a member of the family, it's kind of like, how, who are you to say that, Right. And it's just like right. a lot of people kind of overstepping their bounds, right? And it's like the bounds of human decency. And it's something that we can't really regulate. But I think it's something, you know, when we talk about ripple effect, right? And it's like be the change that you want to see. It's like let's set the tone, especially as Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hey, there's like this <laughs> fake Warren Buffett Twitter account. It's um, at Warren Buffett 99, and it's only got one T. I think he has two T's. But yeah. it's kind of, I saw a quote by it that I was like, this is so awesome. And then I realized after I posted it that it was Warren Buffett 99, <laughs> and it wasn't verified. And I'm like, <laughs> dang. So I Googled the statement to see if it was legit. And what came up was like ABC News basically posting about how this, like, Twitter account has gone viral because it has all these brilliant quotes, but it's like a fake Warren Buffett account. I'm like, that is so interesting. <laughs> well, that kind of brings up the point. I mean, even, you know, even if an idiot says two plus two is four, is he wrong? No, no. not at all. <laughs> exactly. No, so, yeah, I mean, one of the things that, that, uh, I've been really fascinated by is the idea of discernment and learning how to look past the speaker and analyze what they're saying, yes. what they're speaking. And, and that is, that is something that I don't see used often. In fact, I'm sure Jason can attest to this too, is like when you get into any kind of heated discussion, first thing that goes out the window is objectivity and, and <laughs> discernment. Logic. And logic, they're like, sure. Oh, you're you fit in such and such category, you know. Binary therefore, thinking. I will. Right, right, and, and they yep. they don't even like they don't actually even once you get to that point, they don't even listen to what you say to even refute it. They're just like, no, you know. That's, well, that's why the problem is, keep... you know, they get they get so uh, set in what their mindset is, and they're absolutely right. And I'm not saying that we as Christians are any different. We're absolutely not. I mean, we. It's a human we, trait. It's a human trait, but I think we tend to listen a little bit more, maybe. I don't know. I just. <laughs> I'm one of those suckers that I like to watch, <laughs> uh, watch these uh, Antifa YouTube videos just just <laughs> to kind of get their their point of view and just l watching them scream and yell and then I, get confronted with the truth and they're just like, huh? Like they don't get it. Yeah, they're not listening. And they're not listening, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I haven't really looked into Antifa, 
but um, I do spend a lot of time looking at varying points of view on various topics. And um, my hope is to just keep people guessing, and they'll be like, I don't know what John is. And it's like, exactly, I'm a nothing. Like, I'm just, you know, I want the truth, <laughs> right? We think you're something, John. <laughs> yeah, you, you're definitely something, John. <laughs> hey, um, so I was thinking about this phrase, not today, Satan. And every time I hear that, I always think, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> today, but tomorrow I'm open. Yeah. <laughs> We'll Funny see. when I hear that, all I can hear is a Rob Houghton song. Not, Not today, today, devil. I ain't the one. The eight bit yeah, gangster. Yeah, I like that. I love that the song. The eight bit gangster himself. Yeah. Shout out. What's up, homeboy? We know you're out there listening. Anyways, speaking of parody accounts, Jason, the uh, have you seen the Beverly Hills Antifa Twitter account? <laughs> no. You you need to. It's it's funny. I am a big fan of the emo Kylo Ren account, though. Yes, that's gold. <laughs> I, I just love all the memes of him standing there with his shirt off. <laughs> so classic. Yeah. He's got, like, those high-waisted pants. It's like, what is going on? Uh, who, uh, who put those on him and thought, that would be a good idea? That's a good look for you. I don't know. It's kind of classic, though, too, right? Like, it reminds me of, oh, I can't remember his name. <laughs> But it reminds me of like an old 70s guy. Anyways. Hey, <laughs> my, uh, my sister went to her husband's grandma's 100th birthday. This is a really hard setup for a joke. It's like really long. But okay, you follow? It's like her 100th, <laughs> yeah, okay. 100th, 100th right. birthday. Gotcha. So I, my goal is to live to be 100. And uh, I was like thinking, okay, so at my 100th birthday... <laughs> I would like to say to everybody, dude, you thought my 100th birthday was amazing? Wait till my 200th. <laughs> and then maybe everybody will get sad because they know I won't make it. Well, that's funny because at work today, my coworker, it was his 70th birthday. Uh-huh. And we completely decorated his whole cubicle. He's an ex-Marine uh, served in Vietnam, um, actually fought in, in, um, wow. and, uh, he's a cool old dude, but, um, everybody's like, so you're 70, what you going to do for the next 70 years? And he just kind of gives them this look like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do that. Like, I've wanted to not? do that like every, uh, every anniversary. It's like fifth year. Here's to at least another five years. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm just uh, adding Beverly Hills Antifa right now. Dude, it, that, that is a funny account. If it's not a parody account, I, I'd be shocked, but it is funny. All right. Anyways. Cool. I was so, once trolled by a uh, fake Kevin Smith account. I literally thought I was talking to him for about six months when I realized <laughs> it wasn't his real account. I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. I think it was Come like. Come on, Jason. I think it was like Tweet of God. One day I like. I tweeted back to him. I'm like, wait a minute. You're not really God. <laughs> you mean God doesn't have a Twitter? <laughs> I guess. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll look it up. No way. Well, they do he have could. that show coming out, God Friended Me. You seen the commercials no. for that? I heard about no. it, but I haven't seen the commercials for it. 
I think it's on CBS, I think. And it's just like a cloud in the sky, and this guy looks down on his phone, and it has the same cloud, and it says, you have a friend request, and it says, God friended oh. me. Did they, did they have, <laughs> like, Friend of God as the theme song? Please tell me. I'm yes. a friend of God. Yeah. I don't think Michael Gunger is happy he wrote that song anymore. But I doubt he plays that at his concerts. Uh, that depends on how many royalties <laughs> he's getting. Hey, um, we, this didn't really... I, we, we talked a little bit about bias, but I thought something really interesting, Logan Judy on um, Clear Lens podcast, and this is probably months ago that he said this, but he yeah. said bias doesn't always mean vindictiveness. And I was like, it's funny because I think often when we see someone being biased, we assume they're doing it because they're a mean person. Hmm. I thought hmm. that was a good pump your brakes kind of thing because when we get into those heated arguments. That is that is a good point, John. Yeah, yeah it is. Is it possible to, to be biased in a certain direction in a certain topic out of personal experience, like, say for pretty instance. much all the time that people are, I think, I'm, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's not always malicious. What I'm finding is I interact with people who are Christian, people who are not Christian, and I always find that there are Christians that have biases that I'm like, you're not really seeing the world properly, and there's you know secular people who I'm like, man, you don't have a clue about spiritual things. And I feel like it's like you need to enter into the conversation with something that will stretch them but not break them. And so, like, kind of my motto right now is bend, not break. <laughs> Did you learn that from Mr. Who, who Miyagi? That? Is that like, a, is that a what? Karate Kid? Yeah, the Karate yeah, yeah. Kid, oh, okay. Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> that. Daniel, what, you must bend like reed and wind. Come Dang, on. I didn't know that's where I got it from. Uh, flow like water. Yeah. Yeah. Wax on, <laughs> wax off. Oh man, I need to watch. I that gotta movie watch that again. movie. I haven't seen it. Uh, have Have you seen the uh, Have you seen the series about the guy that he beat up? He starts his dojo up, and it just came out Cobra like this Kai? year. Yeah, Cobra Kai. Have you seen that yet? No, I want to. It looks One crazy, man. One of my uh, man. favorite things is like how I met your mother and the character Barney has decided yes. that the bully is the good guy. <laughs> Funny. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everybody's like, this guy just came and just like took everything he ever loved, you know? And yeah, oh, that's like. That's like the conspiracy theories of Jar Jar Binks being a dark Sith Lord, you know? I love that. Hey, Jar Jar was a Sith Lord. See? There you go. Speaking of Jar Jar, did you hear who just uh, signed on for the new Star Wars movie? Please tell me it's not him. No. He's not a real person. <sighs> okay. The 11th Doctor himself, Matt Smith. So any Doctor Who fans... The Doctor what? is now actually, in Star Wars. I actually saw his what? photo. I know who that yes. is. So, yeah, even though I don't know Doctor Who much. That is crazy. Like, what? Like, what? 
I, I okay, I, I, I can't think of anything. <laughs> That's just like, yeah, they're what? not saying who or what his character will be, but he's just supposed to have a major important role. Dope. So he was great in the crown. I hear that. I haven't seen it yet. Season but, uh, two. Season two could has be. like quite a bit of nudity in it. Season one's good though. No nudity then. There now you got your Christian rating on that series. Hey, <laughs> so I like I don't know if I'm guessing Jeff's never done a sports pool. Um, Jason, you probably no, I have, haven't. right? Yeah, back in the day, I have done one or two. I saw Nick Jenkins' tweet that I think works for people that whether they have done a sports pool or not. He said that one of the people at his sports pool gave him the advice that if they have a nice smile, pick them. Okay. Okay. Is it anything like when... uh, when your wife picks a, a football team, it's whose jerseys fit oh, them better. I've never heard the whose jersey fits them better. You've never no, heard that? But I I only watch hockey. I just cannot get into any other sport. I'm like, yeah. Same here, bro. Same here. Hey, so yeah. here's another thing I was thinking of. Speaking of guys with smiles, I guess. Okay. There's a point of beardedness at which your beard is basically like a lady's hair. It's like I got to oil it, I got to keep it looking nice, and it's like basically, dude, you're a girl. Oh, also, wow. There's a point Shots fired. with truck accessories where you basically have a girl truck. I gotta okay, I'll go keep along my with that chrome one. nice and shiny. I'm going to add this to it. Oh, and this. Oh, honey, can I get this? <laughs> oh, wait, Jason, you're going to love this. The other day we were at Academy Sports, and there was a GMC pickup truck in the parking lot. And on this, it was a Chevy. Okay, it was a Chevy pickup truck in the parking lot. And on the side of the bed, it said... Porsche edition. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Not kidding. Nice. Porsche's a cool name. Like, there's <laughs> ladies named Porsche. I'm like, I know it's the name of a car, but I like it. Yeah, no. but they don't make trucks. My, Especially my not Chevy trucks. My actually had, a, like, a Dodge, um, a Dodge Shadow car, I think. And he put like a diesel sticker on the back of it. People are like, whoa, your car's diesel? He's like, no, I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just trolling. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's where I get my trolling from, my little brother. That's great. Know. That's great, hey, man. Okay, so you know what's <laughs> awesome is, I think it was last episode we started with something Jason had on the list. And it was about like yeah. words is what was words it? your wife made the up. The words. Oh yeah. So, okay, we have to know the story behind this, Jason. You got to tell us. Okay, okay. Well, everybody knows that knows me or has listened to the show that I was on with you guys first time that I just right. bought a house. Well, 
I'm walking through the house and my this is before we bought it and walking through looking at it and my wife is in the master bedroom, has this massive grin on her face and I was like, Okay, what? She goes, It has an ensuite. And I was like, A what? An ensuite. I'm like, I, st- I still don't know what you're saying. It's an ensuite. I'm like, babe, you can say it as many times as you want. I'm not going to understand a word you're saying. It's yes. a bathroom in the master bedroom. I'm like, oh. why didn't you just say bathroom? Yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> I have never heard that before. And then we were talking about painting uh-huh. my daughter's bedroom. And she says, we have to do an ombre wall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like an ombre wall. She's like, yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, we're gonna hang cowboy hats and some boots. I'm like, she's doesn't go on ombre. I'm like, she doesn't even like horses. What's going on here? Yeah, no, it's just how you fade the paint. I'm like, well, why don't they just say that? Yeah, man. You know, multicolored What's with all wall. The fancy words, lady. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But oh she is much God. smarter than I am, so I just go with All her. All right. That's probably so a, a good choice. I had one of those yes. things in my notes that I'm like, I don't even know what this is. So we could see if we can decipher it. And it came from my brain, so good luck. Um, so what oh I've boy. got written here is, <laughs> here we go. I've to see you. And then it says Canadian greeting. Uh, I'm not Canadian, so I, Jeff, <laughs> I, I pretend I'm a Canadian. I, technically, I'm half Cajun, so that's kind of got, sort like, of a little bit of French Canadian-ish. If you yeah, yeah. Although I I don't, I don't actually speak any French, and I don't know any well, Canadian. So um, like, other than I, I'm a, thinking maybe if I say it with an accent, <laughs> and don't you? Know, I have to see you. I have to don't see you, know. you. I don't know. No, not working. I mean, I'm like two hours from the Canadian border, and, you know, I watch hockey, so I guess I could be Canadian, but, yeah, I got nothing, give, John. Sorry. No? Uh, well, say that again, John. You kind of sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger there. <laughs> I don't even know if that was supposed to be in Austrian. I have to see you. I have to see you. <laughs> Is this kind of like, yes. I lost my khakis? Like, I don't even care what that means. It's just funny. <laughs> All right. I have to see you. I have to see you. We're going to pump you up. Come with me if you want to leave. Don't be a girly man. Get to the chopper. Hey, so. Oh, <laughs> oh dang it. My like. Oh, dang it. Oh, there <laughs> we go. You never there we go. Hear. I lost like my keyboard lost power. Anyways. Um, I was going to say, no, he lost the <laughs> no, audio. No, I still got the audio. We're good. Um, hey, so um, this is a thought from like a while back, but it was like this idea that um, we should take our thoughts, make them into prayers, and then make them into action. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. All right. Do tell. Um, Last, yeah. Well, you go ahead and explain what you what you mean first, John, and then I'll <laughs> no, interrupt you. Go you. ahead. I that's all I got, and then I'll interrupt Jeff after he interrupts you. I was just making a general statement. I don't know. You got like an anecdote that would be interesting about that. Okay, so are you guys familiar with Kyle Eidelman? Negative. Okay, Kyle Eidelman 
He wrote a book called Not a Fan. Ah, yeah. I've heard of the book. Yes. That book, you've heard of that. Mm. Okay, well, they did a video series about it. And he also did a... He, well, he's done several, actually. But the one that um, our small group started watching last night was called Aha. And, of course, him being a pastor, the A-H-A is an acronym for uh, Awakening, Honesty, and Action. And so he says when God reveals something to you, or anytime somebody has an aha moment of any kind... Um, it comes in three in three steps is you are awakened to the a reality you are honest with yourself about it and then it produces action nice and if you're missing any one of those things then nothing happens so um, that just kind of when you said that that you know about action that just kind of reminded me of that that was now is where you interrupt, Jason. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! oh. <laughs> I was actually interested. I'm like, okay, go do tell, go on. <laughs> well, it was the first the first episode, so I they just introduced the characters. So interesting. But that was the basic premise of it: is that um, you know when you have an aha moment, and of course that whole uh, series is going to be based on the story of the prodigal son when. Prodigal son is thinking in the now, not looking into the future, takes all of his inheritance, runs away from home, you know, demands it and says, I want to leave, you know, and do my own things. And and then he has the aha moment. Yeah. Right. And so, of course, the video series is about a series of characters who also, you know, fall out of grace and have aha moments. And I'm assuming they're going to, you know, get redeemed like the prodigal son did in the story. But Or they all die. I don't know. I never know. By the way, is someone building a house or something <laughs> over there? What is going on? Um, that, All I hear is slamming and banging. and must be on Jeff's that's, end. That's probably on my end of people picking up dishes and things like that. So just ignore that. Just pretend it's construction in my supervillain lair. Ah, very nice, yes. Yes. Building a laser. Yes, my pretty. Laser beams. Laser. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. You, I'm reading a book right now. It's like Henry Nguyen. That was a weird sound, wasn't it? Um, Henry Nguyen, and he was talking about how um, Jesus would go in the evening for solitude. And then in the morning, he would seek out community. And then in the afternoon, he would do ministry. Mm. And so he was saying that basically, if you don't do the solitude before community you're going to reach to community for things that God's supposed to give you. Mm. Which is where we fail in relationship, right? Um, And he is, this is what really blew my mind today, is like, he was basically saying that um, when people don't live up to what God can do for us, and I think in a lot of times it's like, your spousal relationship where you're like, oh, I'm so disappointed in you. Really, it's our, our disappointment is that they weren't God to you. And so it's like, hmm. we're basically, love is learning how to forgive people for not being God. Well, wow. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that's what love is, but it is definitely something that you have to as an expression of love that forgiveness and um, understanding that we are limited um, 
so basically like the and anytime somebody talks about when when Jesus went away to pray in solitude um I don't think people understand the importance of that because um and I'm saying that as somebody who doesn't do it enough but when he would go away and pray in solitude that was when he would that wasn't me that was <laughs> no I think that was on my end I just dropped my okay. phone yeah okay well that would that would do that yes um but when Jesus would go away and and be in solitude, then that would be when he would fellowship with God, and God would give him the, um, God would give him the the strength to pour out into his ministry. And so everything that you see him doing, the miracles, the healing, all of the you know the wisdom and all, is an outpouring of the time that he spent alone in prayer with the Father. Exactly, and. A lot of times people want to skip that step, and this is something that I'm, I'm still really learning how to, to get a grasp on, is um, I can't expect to do the kinds of things that they did in the New Testament and Acts and in the Gospels if, if I haven't spent time with God the way that they did, you yeah. know? And maybe not, it's not necessarily like a measure of time, but as, as much as um, setting aside that portion of what they do and and spending that time getting close to God and developing their relationship with God and and so on you know but that that's they they kind of gloss over that and 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 when people talk about the things that Jesus did they very rarely talk about that as part of how he did what he did and why he did what he did yeah because that's that's the part nobody wants to do you know they want to go straight to the miracles they want to go straight to the healing people and feeding 5,000 and they skip over the anguish and the hours and hours of sleepless nights and prayer mm. that he did, you know, and self-imposed solitude and what have you. Well, yeah, because, you know, if you have to look at the anguish and the solitude, you have to admit that being a Christian just isn't, you know, rainbows and puppy dogs all the time. Yep. Very true. I mean, there are a lot of rainbows and puppy dogs, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, you know, not all the time. <laughs> not all the time. Not no, 24-7. That would be a channel to watch. 24-7. Rainbows. Rainbows and puppies. I like, I like that with, yeah, the growly voice. That's awesome. <laughs> I, okay, I think this is like a psychological statement or research or something. Maybe there's a quote that I should be using, but it's like, say it or action it, and it becomes a part of you. And I think this is kind of along the lines of what we've already talked about, but it's like if you say it or you action it, it actually becomes a part of you, which is kind of a scary thought when you think about some of the sinful things we say or do. Is that like a quote from Joel Olstein? <laughs> no, that's name it, claim it. Are you a name it and claim it preacher? <laughs> but it's like there is something really powerful to what happens to like changes in personality. Um, just by the words we say or the things we do, they actually become a part of our character. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't know if I said this on this, uh, on ADD Masterminds at all, but I was thinking about like how it's amazing how charismatics can believe for like supernatural healing or God's going to bless me, but yet... They don't have the faith that this part of my character, this thing that I always do or this thing that I always say, don't have the faith 
that God can change that. Well, it's just the way I am. Oh, man. There is some serious preaching going on there. I, I'll get off my soaps box now. <laughs> no. No, man. But look, man, that's that's something that I, I always struggle with is I want to step out in faith and say, I believe that God can and will do these things that he says he can. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to fake it either. I don't want to just say it and... Um, you know, like <laughs> we all know that guy who's like, yeah, man, I can do that. And like you, you know, you find out later on that he, he has no idea what he's doing. Well, it's kind of like Peter um, at first. I don't want to. Right. We'll take them all. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, what about the Just guys like that were Peter. sitting in the boat? Like who's got more faith? <laughs> right. Jesus is like, you guys don't have a clue. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's exactly it yeah and i mean part of faith is yeah you're gonna look like an idiot sometime and actually yeah i must have a lot of faith then <laughs> <laughs> jonathan Merritt said that if you look at all the saints everybody that's been labeled a saint they were eccentric weirdos so he said if you're like an eccentric weirdo look at the saints you could become one of them Okay. And he gave like um, an example. There was a guy that like sold all of his riches and became a monk. But that monk, he would like sometimes get in a really bad mood and he'd start vandalizing rich people's houses out of spite for them not giving their money to the poor. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Wow. And I mean, you know, Mother Teresa and her shoe issues, like where she'd wear crappy shoes. And yeah, just people were weird. Like any of the saints, if you read up on them, they are eccentric, weird people, outcasts from society. And that's what made yeah. them more likely to actually do things out of faith, right? If that's the case, then I'm, I'm a say, very good candidate. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't that just uh, describe the ADD masterminds? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to so. be saints. We're, by we're the eccentric, we're one day. eccentric weirdos. <laughs> I, I think that's the only qualification. I mean, I finished reading the book. I don't really remember what else he said, but that was basically it. So, <laughs> all, all John seen was eccentric weirdo, and he's like, I'm done. I'm in. <laughs> Sold. God bless me. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> hey, yeah. so what is it? An another ahead. deep thought I've been thinking about um, is um, incentive and how everybody's driven by incentive. And we need to consider people's incentives when dealing with people. Um, I guess a good example of this would be like, um, have you ever watched Freakonomics? There's like a documentary that's all about economics. And they were talking, have you? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I haven't um, seen it. And uh, there's this, they were talking about a real estate agent. And we always assume like a real estate agent, it's in their best interest to sell your house for lots, right? Because they get a commission, so like awesome. But what they explained is what's really going on is that this real estate agent is going to be selling a series of houses. And so if they sell your house quicker, they can move on to selling the other house. So even if like they sold it for like 10% less than they would have if they were holding off, they'll make more money because they get to move on to the next house. And so I was just thinking about how like anything that's counterintuitive like that, it's like 
it's kind of like Jesus saying, be as wise as serpents and gentle as doves. That being wise as a serpent, it's kind of looking at what's behind everything and looking at what's this person's incentive right now? Is their incentive a good thing or is it a bad thing? And maybe question what's going on around us, you know? Hmm. Wow. Well, I think that's a whole school of thought is trying to figure out people's incentives. There's been entire industries developed around trying to figure out what people want, um, what motivates them, you know, uh, what, what their motivations are, what their uh, needs are, their wants, what have you. Um, I, I would submit that trying to find out somebody's motivations is very important to any kind of discussion um, but also understand that just like in advertising, people can convince you that you want something that you don't actually need. And right. the, the same works with ideologies. People yes. can convince you that this certain kind of ideology is um, superior or will give you what you want. And uh, in reality, they're just in a marketing campaign trying to sell you something. Right. Again, see the whole uh, Joel Olstein comment. I mean, mm, how does that yeah. guy guy become, you know, a multimillionaire as a preacher? It's because of his marketing and he knows how to tap into what people need. Maybe not what they really want, but he knows how to read people and he knows how to deliver a message in such a way that they can that they'll buy in. You know what I'm saying? They, they, uh, yep. He finds that need that people have. I haven't really listened to Joe Osteen really, but I'll tell you two things about Joe Osteen. I don't trust that guy's smile or his hair. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, yeah, he could be a supervillain. He's definitely a supervillain. Him and Benny Hinn. Yeah. Yes. And, and eighties rock stars. Every yes. 80s rock star. Yes. yes. Definitely supervillains. Oh, my uh, gosh. Man. Brian Johnson from ACDC. I just went through <laughs> the entire ACDC discography. I'm like, that dude is a supervillain. Like, definitely. Yes. <laughs> just, you're, you're, you're right. <laughs> you, you know who would be a really good supervillain? Annie's Canadian. Who? Getty Lee. Yes. Yeah, I could see that. I thought that that was just assumed that he was a supervillain. I, I mean, dude, look at him. I mean, he, you know, it just, he just looks, he just looks like one of those guys that you would see on like, uh, in a James Bond film, you know, some supervillain <laughs> stroking a cat or something. Exactly. So nice of uh, you to join me, Mr. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Mini me. <laughs> Welcome to my secret lair, eh? <laughs> so, you guys... I don't mean to kill you or anything, eh? <laughs> it's part of the inconvenience while I fire up my super laser, eh? Nice. <laughs> we still love you, though, John. I mean, oh, oh, I know. <laughs> it's part of my charm, my Canadian charm. Look out, absolutely, everybody, absolutely. Hey, oh, so. Man. 
Did you guys hear about the latest Acme Lasers product? Oh, no. no. I'm not really no, sure what to make of this, but it's like a laser and a mirror and a kit. A laser and a mirror? What could you use that for? I don't know. I, I think maybe it's just something I'll buy for my kids. They're pretty creative. A laser and a mirror. I love bouncing lasers around stuff, man. Like you can, you know, when you, you know, what's really fascinating to me is when you see the, um, like if you go to a rock concert or a rave or whatever, not that you would go to a rave or anything like that, but when you go to a, like a disco light show and they've got the lasers, you know, like sometimes they'll even do like the, uh, the fireworks shows and then they do the lasers through the smoke. Have you ever seen that Jason? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, not in person ever. No. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but they, just um, on TV. Yeah. So what, what, what I find is interesting is they don't move the laser. They just have a mirror on a motorized gimbal. And so the, the little mirror is the one that's doing all the, the flashing and flipping around and rotating. All, the actual laser doesn't move. All these years, wow. I was thinking like they were like shooting laser beams everywhere and the lasers were flipping. No, the laser doesn't move. It's little mirrors that do all the controlling of the laser beams. That's crazy. Mind man. blown. I love that kind but, of stuff. It's like you thought it was this, but it's actually this. But hey, is that a laser and mirror? Is that part of the uh, Acme Home Hemorrhoid Removal Kit? Oh. Um, it could be. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> Not that I own one or anything. No. Mm -mm. Awkward. Not that, yeah. Mm. Oh. Uh. Mm. <laughs> hey, have you guys, like, whenever I hear the name Philip Yancey, I keep thinking Yanny. <laughs> yeah, like the jazz musician? Yeah. Was he, like, <laughs> new, new age, age music or something? And I was, like, dude. thought new age was, like, evil. I don't know. Okay, dude, no. Look, look at the mustache he's got. The hair and the mustache. Yanni is a supervillain. I mean, straight up. <laughs> straight up supervillain. Straight up, dude. That mustache, come on. <laughs> uh, mustaches are like eyebrows for your mouth. They're so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I've been holding that thought for a while. I think that's the first time I've realized He's like, that. come on, I can't wait to drop the eyebrows for your mouth bit. John's been waiting for an hour to say that. <laughs> any, any, any bets he has a, uh, a wager going with his kid? I'm telling you, I can work this into the show somehow. Oh, oh hey, Sports my, pool. My kid says something to me today that I thought was pretty funny and maybe offensive but I'm going to say it anyways. <laughs> um, he, he said, okay, you know how like they had those like wanted ads, dead or alive, back in the Old West? And I'm yeah. like, yeah. And he's like looking at this like poster that says, you know, they're looking for their dog. <laughs> and he's like, is it like a dead or alive thing? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> oh, I love that kid. I don't know where he gets it from. Hey, so um, 
I heard a really cool. I'm still laughing about the eyebrows thing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> boing, boing, boing. That'd be pretty. That'd be pretty dope to be able to shave with the laser. We should get Acme on that. Totally. Absolutely. I think this is Latin. Solo experiencia. Any guesses wait, wait, of what that isn't means? That, isn't that like Han Solo's like third cousin? No, no. I think that that's what they used to say in Harry Potter to get like the 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 guardian ghost to come out of their wands. Solo experiencia. Wow. Is it? I don't. Oh, I don't those are pretty good guesses. You guys are really close. Here, I'll tell you what it really means. My personal experience framing and shaping and selecting those parts of the Bible that I judge relevant to me. Told you he was Joel Olstein. Telling you. <laughs> what is that like? That's, that's how Joel Osteen does theology? Wait, 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 wait. He does theology? <laughs> I just literally did a spit take there. He does? Oh, okay, so like, so like we could like, okay, I don't know. See, I don't know enough about Joel Osteen to really bash him, but like, is he like as much of a theologian as Bill Nye is a scientist? That that's a pretty close analogy. <laughs> pretty close, yeah. <laughs> hey, do you guys do you guys watch um, Nathan Fielder at all? Um, I know who he is, but no, I, I no. Really... He is uh-uh. Canadian. But if you get a chance, and maybe I'll link this somewhere. Um, Nathan Fielder has link. this show where he helps people with their businesses. And every, every time he helps people with their businesses, it's some like crazy harebrained scheme that you know is not going to work, but it's hilarious. And so like he did this... schemes. Sorry? I said I love harebrained schemes. Yeah, it's like being a supervillain. He's basically a supervillain. Yeah, that's what Nathan Fielder is. That's what his show is. And so like... For example, there was like a pizza place, um, and he said, okay, here's what you do. You guys advertise that you get your pizza in five minutes, or it's free, or you get a free pizza, right? And so, but the free pizza is only like like an inch wide. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, people wanted to kill that pizza man. It was crazy. But anyways, so what he did is he's like, Talking about how he has to go on all these talk shows, right? Because people want yeah. him to come on the talk show to talk about his show. And he said, I'm not a very interesting person. And so he's like, what I want is an epic story to tell on a talk show. But then he's like, so he makes up this story and it involves like ashes of a loved one. And like, oh, I might have just kicked the whole story. But anyways, <laughs> it involves like him getting stopped by police, him having to wear someone else's clothes to a wedding, and there's just big long baggage mix-up and all this stuff. But it's like a series of like just crazy events, right? So then he's like, "Oh, but wait, I can't tell the story if it didn't really happen." So what he does is he reverse engineers it and makes each of these items happen, <laughs> and then he goes on Jimmy Kimmel tells this epic story, goes to the next talk show, (laughs) explains how he made, you know, created this story and everything like that, and then goes to tell it too. And then after a while, that doesn't work because everyone's heard the story. 
But it was so ah. like if you get a chance to watch the video on this, it's hilarious because it's like, could you imagine creating an epic story and then going back and making it actually happen in your life? That would be. How do you know I haven't done that though? <laughs> my dog ate my homework. I actually shoved the homework in my dog's mouth. Yeah, you don't have to say how it happened. You just say it happened for real. <laughs> Picks or it didn't happen. So you take picks, right? Anyways, <laughs> I love people like that because they're asking questions that no one's asking, right? They're creatives, and I'm just a big fan of those yeah. kinds of people. And I try to be that kind of person. I want to ask questions no one's asking because if we're not curious, why are we even living? You live a lot, then. I love watching your... Uh your posts on Facebook. <laughs> very entertaining. Very, very entertaining. Very yes. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes though, man. Some of the responses, I'm like, all right, I don't know what to do with this person. <laughs> Most of those responses are me. <laughs> no, you guys are like super non, you guys are not a problem at all. <laughs> I have failed in my mission. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so ashamed. I do like it, though. I do find it hilarious when I post something that's, like, very serious and deep and someone posts with, like, the dumbest comment ever under it. I always laugh at that. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's more like our speed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, um, I was out with... I go to all these different field sites, and I was working with an operator, and it was really interesting talking to him because he was talking about this boss he used to have that would like buy him beers all the time. He would buy them all beers and let them get drunk or whatever. And he was just the coolest boss ever. But then he'd be like, oh, by the way, you guys need to work overtime. And people would do anything for him. And I was just thinking about that kind of leadership's really interesting. Have you ever had like a leader that you would do anything for? Should, should anything? I, should I Jesus juke him here? <laughs> Do it. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah, he is pretty cool. He's he my buys leader. Me beers all the time. I would do anything. Yeah. Um, actual managers, like bosses. It could be boss church leaders too. Is pretty is pretty awesome. I don't know if I would do anything anything for him, but I'd I'd stick my neck out for him. He's a good guy. As I say, the the uh, guy I work for right now, uh good friend of mine deacon at my church i would pretty much do anything for him i mean unless would, he asked me to go out and axe murder someone then i might have to take a breath or two and like are you sure you want that to happen but yeah. other than that yeah unless they're already on your hit list in which case you know, well that's true you know if they're gonna be like all right i'll just check him off and i'm good to go i i need to ask you guys something about like my relationship with my wife. Um, uh oh. So so I was like watching <laughs> abort, abort, run, run. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I was watching Gotham, right? And Mr. Freeze. Okay. Are you familiar with the backstory of Mr. Freeze? From Victor Freeze. Yeah. So so basically, what he does is he's like trying out this freeze gun because his wife is really sick and he wants to cryogenically freeze her. So they can actually treat her before she dies. I guess maybe to wait until there's a time where there's treatment for her. Mm -hmm. And um, 
But he's trying out this freeze gun, and that's basically why he's killing all these people, is he's trying out this freeze gun on random citizens. So I turned to my wife and I said, I love you that much. I would kill for you. And she was, like, really annoyed that I said that. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that, yeah. Do you, do you think our relationship's okay? Um, hmm. Well... Maybe if you reverse it and be like, baby, I would take a bullet for you. That's what I meant. I Ooh. misspoke. I'd rather yeah. kill than be killed, though. Well, yeah. Um, uh, really? In, in situations like Actually, this? Actually, no. Honestly, no. I can't imagine killing anybody. No, I, I couldn't. Either. You're Canadian. You couldn't kill anything. I know, right? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, another great book I was reading is Ex-Christian. And it talks about all the different reasons why people leave the faith. Oh. Ooh. Um, yeah, and so it's really interesting because when we talk about apologetics, it seems like anybody I know that's like big on apologetics, they seem to have the same approach to everything. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe that's a bit. Um, so it starts with this guy. His name is Drew Dick, and I'm hoping to interview him on the Wax Museum. We'll see. I got to schedule it. But um, he was talking about how he had this friend he went to church with who seemed like a good Christian, and he meets him as an adult, and he's not a Christian anymore. And so he starts using the old arguments on him, and the guy looks at him, and he's like, that kind of thinking, that kind of logic, that kind of is not the only way to find truth. And he figured Mm. out after kind of getting stonewalled by this guy that this guy was postmodern. And I just I thought it was really interesting because it's starting to explain kind of how people think because he was saying being postmodern means you're not about right or wrong, you're about oppressed and oppressor. And that's really what we're facing as Christians when we encounter people that are like very hostile to the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, you know, like Jesus said, you know, to take care of the poor and to take care of the widows. And it's like, how are they not seeing that? Right. I mean, when you read the sheep and the goats, it's like heartbreaking. Like you look at that and you're like, wow, okay, man, I gotta, I gotta be that. There's a lot of people who are going to be disappointed on judgment day. Indeed. Indeed. And, and there's going to be a lot of people who think they have it in the bag and they're going to be in for a shock. Yep. I don't want to be That's one like, of those people. This book that I'm reading now, it's really kind of opening my eyes. It's uh, Humility by C.J. Mahaney. Uh, I haven't read that, but and, I read a book on humility. That's a huge topic. Man. It's absolutely killing me. Yeah? I mean, basically, you you just shouldn't take pride in really anything. I mean, he even breaks it down to you're watching your kids at a sporting event and your son hits a home run. You shouldn't be proud of him for that. You should give the glory right to God immediately. You know, like, God, good home run there. Hmm. And that's a pretty extreme position, but, I mean... interesting. There's it's true, but that's hard. Yeah, exactly. 
know, because my kid plays soccer and, you know, she she's a goaltender, so she makes an awesome save. I'm like, all right, kid, good job. But, you know, according to this book, I should be like, all right, God, way to save that ball. Well, I think it's more than we tend to think of. Like, and this is a good point, and I'm glad you brought this up, Jason, because I think this is systematic. It's very systemic of, um, of the way we view God and the way He interacts with us in our everyday lives. We think, oh well, God allowed me to kick a field goal, or God allowed me to, you know, whatever, play an instrument or whatever. Um, and so it sounds corny when you say things like. That was a good field goal or a good a good save, God, you know, because God didn't come down from the heavens and block that soccer ball, right? Right. So we don't think of it that way. But at the same time, all of those things were possible because of the way God influenced our lives. And I guess the scripture that pops into my head is, is in all your ways, acknowledge him. And mm. I've heard that said a lot. Um, and I've heard people say, you know, do everything as if unto the Lord. Um, but I don't think a lot of people really understand what that is and what that's like, you know, and 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 that's really what that, this book is. I mean, yeah, that, I think that was a little, maybe I made it sound a little bit more extreme than what he (laughs) intended it. No, that's good. That's okay. But, but yeah, I mean, this book is really open my eyes as to you know what humility is yeah that's hard it's a very hard where i'm in a place now where i'm i'm playing on a worship team at a church that our family just moved to yeah um and i'm i'm constant people are constantly telling my wife um we're so we're so thankful that your husband is here and playing music and we so appreciate his talent and god using him and She's like, why are you telling me this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, I, I, I don't need to know that. I mean, why are you telling me? You know, <laughs> tell him or tell God or thank you know whatever. But um, we we just naturally tend to attribute greatness to people because it's something right. that we can relate to. You know, I can say you know so and so is a is a great athlete or a great actor or a great you know musician or whatever, and it's just really easy for us to associate that. You know, so our brains just function on that level, and we haven't trained ourselves through spending time with the Father. We'll segue back into what we were talking about earlier. Um, we're just not focused on heavenly things all the time, you know. And I think that that is a big part of Christianity. It's interesting, like uh, because, like for me, it's like I want your daughter to be rewarded for her effort. I mean, she put work into it, right? Right. Um, I think like with everything, it's like, you know, when we talk about people that make it, you know, they always say it's hard work, luck, and talent, right? Well, I'd say talent and luck (laughs) would come from God. Luck comes from God. That's John theology right there. Right, and so I would agree with that. Yeah, and not John theology, but yeah, I agree (laughs) that it comes from God. Yeah, and so it's like, yeah, it's just funny to say luck and God in the same sentence, but um, (laughs) and so like when I even look at my children and when they're well behaved, I'm like, I'm so blessed to have children like this, 
And I'm also thankful, like, I'm glad that I put the work in to discipline them, right? right. And it's not taking it away from what God did, because obviously he created me too, right? Um, and, I, and I'm finding in everything I do too, I, I'm getting a sense of like, I just want to get out of the way. Like, I just feel like humility is getting out of the way of whatever you're working on. And so it's like if I'm going to create a song, it's like this song is rising up in me from I don't know where. It's just coming. It must be coming from God because it's here. And it's trying to get out of the way of that. And I think it's the same thing when you're writing. I don't know if you find that, Jeff, but it's like I just want to get out of the way. Yeah, that's the goal. And so the truly great artists are people that got out of the way of their work. Yeah. Mm. It's something that transcends us. I, I mean, our goal as a creative type is to create something that will outlive us, that will impact people for, you know, for many, many years to come, that will transcend just my own existence, you know. Um, and to do that kind of things, we look at things like the Psalms, you know, or Proverbs and those kind of things, they're, they're timeless, you know, they, they speak truths that are uh, essential to, to humanity. And those kind of things are, those are the ideals we strive for. But for us to reach that, that level of uh, attainment, man, it takes a lot of dying to self, a lot of taking up your cross daily and dying, you know. It's really, yeah. really interesting to me, like this idea of legacy. Um, because it's like not all of us is going to be David, right? Um, right. And uh, so I read this statistic now in two different books. So Jonathan Merritt's book, but there was a book called Road to Humility that I read by something Brooks. And that book totally rocked my world. So like when Jason mentioned a book about humility, I'm like, oh, that'll change your life, right? And this was not something, even by yep. a Christian. But, um, something Brooks, that's a good first name, something. I'm going to name my, my uh, I want yeah. my grandchildren to be named something. That's good. People <laughs> remember that. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. How do you spell that? No. Um, but uh, basically what he said is like in the 1950s, they asked high school students whether they're a special, um, whether they're an important person. And 10%. 10% of those students said they're, a, they're an important person. Wow. They redid that in the late 80s. Want to guess? Like 50%? 80%. I would say more like seven, well, how much? Sorry, I should have given you a chance. You were close. You were going to say 70. It was 80%. I was going to say 75, yeah. 80%. Wow. And it's, it's the result of the self-esteem movement, Right. But I think right. we've taken it so far, and between that and social media and this idea that everybody has a voice, we all now think that we play such an important role in the grand scheme of things, when in reality, we can't all play an important role in the grand scheme of things. And so right. I know for me, and it's like I was saying, you know, we were talking about my, how I'm active on social media and everything like that. That's why I have to take Saturday off. Because the cool thing is, is that I come back on Sunday and nobody's like, John, where were you? 
the social media didn't go on without you. I'm like that. I'm like, where's John? I miss <laughs> yeah. John. Curl up in the fetal position. I need my John. <laughs> John, come back to me. But it's it's interesting because I've been able to look at things that way and just be like, you know what? I'm not that important. People can get on without me. And and maybe I've taken that too far to the point where it's kind of false humility because I don't want to acknowledge that I play an important role for people. And so I'm, I'm still wrestling with that, trying to understand how to be, like, okay with being important to some people. Yeah. When you, when you are on your deathbed, people are not going to rate the quality of your life by your social media repertoire. <laughs> yes. He only had 10,000 likes. He's not, <laughs> he's not worth anything. <laughs> it's true. Well, you know, I took a month off from social media, and I expected to come back and have all kinds of people tagging me and messaging me. <laughs> I literally had 10, <laughs> 10 yeah. notifications. I was like, really? <laughs> Nobody missed me. I missed you. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, didn't. I, I did, too. Well, at least Rob missed me, so. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Rob, I need to get him out here, man. He he only lives a couple of hours from me, so I need, I need to. Well, it's more like six hours, but still, I need to. He and I need to get together and produce a a crunk rock rap album. Oh, what do you, that'd what do be you so think? good. If if, <sighs> if if me and the Eight Bit Gangster got together and did a crunk rap rock album, what do you think we should title it? Hmm. Oh man. Insane in the mainframe. I don't know. Um, yes. You got it right there. That's it. I already in the uh, John and Rob are the Canadian and Cajun. Or what did I call you guys <laughs> yeah. last time? Yeah, I think it was something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. So much fun. Anyways, I think that would be dangerous having you two together, though. You have no idea. Oh, it'd be dynamite to hear. It'd be cool. I would literally buy like six of the album. I love Crunk too. My gosh, Family Force Five's first album. Yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I think I don't know. I mean, I've, I'm still tossing around the idea, but one of the big things that I've been trying to do this year is make time for uh, creative pursuits like making music, and so I feel like I'm getting closer to that goal, um, but I'm not there yet. So. Hmm. Encouragement would be appreciated. Do it. Yeah. Do it. That's right. Do it. Make some Do noise. it now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, and I I don't know if I said this before, but like uh, I've been thinking a lot about being gifted or afflicted. And it's like when your mind is so busy and it's like I'm just writing ideas down all day. That's really like stuff like the ADD master list or any topics or any of my social yeah. media posts. It's just continuous, all this information that I just want to get out there. And I'm like, I don't really know what it's for. I'm just throwing it out there. And I think mm -hmm. like when you have creative energy, if you don't use it, you're probably going to end up with some severe depression. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll have to discuss that one next time because that is a very good point, John. Very good. Yeah. And on that note, we're probably getting close to uh, 
uh, wrapping this up. But um, first off, uh, we're not quite done yet. So um, just want to say, John, Jason, love you guys. Thanks so much for uh, getting me off of my butt and doing a podcast tonight. Um, <laughs> oh, I love you too, buddy. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Um, but I mean, these, these are, again, it's a creative pursuit. We need to, we need to do our best. We need to, uh, and it's not like the world is going to end if we don't do this, but it's just, it's a good nope. chance for us to just bounce ideas off each other and, uh, yeah, fellowship right. and just kind of, you know, talk this stuff out. I really appreciate that and appreciate what you guys do and, uh, challenging me to be a better guy, a better supervillain, um, <laughs> <laughs> better better it be- is our honor yes <laughs> it is my honor i have to serve <laughs> i'm still just an add minion at this point so i don't know about that man i think you're oh, not quite you're mastermind, mastermind yet I, I saw your mastermind application form come across my my desk the other day um i, I may have to um sacrifice a few other minions to make that happen but um nice i i I think, I think we might be able to pull a few strings, and I may have an opening coming up soon. So, um, are you going to sign it in their blood? Well, most of my minions are robots, so uh, oil. Yeah, hydraulic fluid mostly. <laughs> it's kind of reddish, though, you know, so it kind of looks like blood. But there you go. Yeah, good enough. Good enough. I, right. I can't. I can't actually state that I would. Uh, do something so heinous as actually killing minions. Um, but if my minions are robots, then it's totally cool because I totally love destroying robots. Um, yeah, because they don't have feelings. That's right. Like animals. Mm. <laughs> they don't? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. All right. Hey, so we're on Facebook and we're on Twitter. The Twitter. Let us know what you think. Hey, and if you guys have anything to add to the ADD master list, doesn't really matter how weird it is, we'll use it. (sighs) He just opened up Pandora's box. Dude, look. Yes, we did. Compared to what the guys at the Hall of Dogma have done, like, I don't think we can shock any of those guys. So they have had some seriously left field conversations that make us look like, you know, school marms. So I, I think that's, uh, kind of part of the, the mystique of the ADD mastermind show is it's the, the random spinoff of a, an also random spinoff show. <laughs> you underestimate my power of weird. Yes, very much so. And honestly, you guys, you don't want to miss our social media feed right now. It is crazy funny. Oh, it's, man. It's been blowing up, man. I've yeah. tried to post a few things here and there. The uh, The Big Bird one was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one still makes me laugh. Everybody at work in my office is like, that's so true. That is, that is you. That, that's-, <laughs> that's awesome. And it's funny, I go on and try and find something to post, and by that time, John's already posted something that's like 10 times funnier than what oh, I found, no. so I just throw it away. <laughs> Save it for later. I'm like, oh, this is going to kill on there, and then I open up Facebook, I'm like, yeah, never mind. Do it on a Saturday. <laughs> there you go. I'm like, I know John's not on, it's my turn. <laughs> Baby shark, do 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 do. Baby shark, do 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 do. Have you guys heard that? 
Yes. No. Yes. Good. <laughs> John's like, yes. Make it stop. Make it stop. I can't uh, unsee it. All right. Well, anyways, <laughs> we'll call this an episode. Catch you guys on the flippity floppity. Flippity floppity, hippity hoppity, and from our tippity toppity to nothing. Well, nothing. Uh, yeah, we're we're done here. <laughs> uh, what they said. <laughs> One, two. recording now oh yeah yeah we're recording (laughs) okay very cool hey everybody oh wait let's try that again (laughs) fail okay do it again